Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Joe Escalante live from Hollywood at my Hollywood name, Burbank, across the street from a Wiener Schnitzel that serves beer on the road this week. Actually, coming to you from Las Vegas. So I lied. High atop the Trump Tower. I'm not really at the Trump Tower, but I can see it from my window. And I'm in the middle of shooting a television series. We'll get to that. The program is the Live from Hollywood with Joe Escalante, and we talk about the business end of show business every week, like we've been doing for 16 years or so, and uh, maybe more. The, um, these are, this is a popular kind of uh, podcast lately. I've noticed there's quite a few, and there's some good ones. From The Rap has one, uh, Puck News has one, all about Hollywood business. But um, mine was the first, and it was actually really not a podcast. It's a radio show that we, someone cuts up into a podcast every week, but it's really a live radio show on KEIB AM 1150, which hopefully you're listening to right now. Now, let's get to the box office. The box office, getting back to normal. We got big blockbusters with uh, superheroes in them and stuff like that. The big movie this week. Uh, you probably know what it is. Yes, it's the Batman. The Batman, for some reason doing $128 million over the weekend. Uh, just to give you an idea, what second place was, it was $11 million. And then that was Uncharted. And I'll repeat my tip, go see that in 4XD. Uh, this dog Channing Tatum movie, number three, just hanging in there. It's made $40 million, and it probably cost $3 million to make. So that's a winner. I'm say eight million to make maybe even fifteen whatever it made forty, uh, but you know you have to market these films. So when I say oh, I only spent uh, ten million on it, well they had to spend another ten million marketing it. But still, that's a twenty million dollar. If that was the case, that's a twenty million dollar profit. Look at Batman, probably cost two hundred million to make, and it's only made one hundred twenty eight million in the U.S. But you're going to add several hundred million overseas, perhaps if the Chinese let you have the movie. We all know we can't be released in Russia right now. So the Russian people who wanted to forget about their troubles and go to the movies and see Batman, forget about it. Uh, but the Chinese, will they let it in? I don't know. They, they censor movies, and maybe they'll let it in. Maybe they won't. Uh, if there's some, like, Chinese army or the hero in the movie, then, then it can come in. So I haven't seen it. I don't hurry to see superhero movies, and my least favorite are the Batman ones. Number four, Spider-Man No Way Home. I did see that. Uh, that's got $786 million so far at the box office. Probably going to beat Batman. And Death on the Nile as number five with a respectable $37 million. Uh, you probably have heard me talk about that movie. My answer to that movie is good enough. Could be worse. Uh, Gal Gadot? Yeah. See anything with her in it. I think that was her. 
Anyway, I didn't see any movies this week, but I did, like, at the very end of last week, I saw The Worst Person in the World, the, the, the uh, Norwegian movie. I can't remember if I talked about it last week, but it's pretty good. Um, it's uh, it nominated for Best Foreign Film, and it's pretty good. I don't think it'll win, because I think Drive My Car will win. You know, that's the Japanese one, also nominated, nominated for Best Picture in the World. Yeah. So my my prediction for the best picture still stands with the West Side Story wins it. And uh, I've explained why I think that. Um, so I'll just leave you to, uh, to wonder, why would you pick West Side Story? Well, it has to do with the voting system and the way voting is in the Academy. I believe it favors a film like West Side Story when there's no clear frontrunner. People say Coda is the frontrunner. Right now. Coda, Coda. Did you see it? Of course you didn't. Only I saw all the movies. Yes, I saw all ten. And several of the foreign and documentary movies. So, I will tell you. Yes. Coda is a really good movie. Could win. Belfast. Great movie. Could win. Nightmare Alley. Good enough. Nah. Not gonna do anything. Not gonna do anything. Wow, do you hear that? That's Las Vegas noise you're hearing. High atop the Treasure Island Casino and Hotel. Uh, that's where I'm at, all right? I'm not proud of it, but here I am. Uh, on, the mo- on the TV side this week, I've been watching Inventing Anna. Well, I'd I say I watched the first, like, you know, 40 minutes of, of it, and i just like, what is wrong with this thing? This thing is it's off. It's, just, it's like, a, um, like a mediocre network broadcast movie with that kind of writing. And then I realized, oh, Shonda Rhimes wrote it. Okay, well, that's what she does. She writes movies like that. And I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just not used to that kind of writing on Netflix. So there it was, uh, that kind of writing on Netflix. And the jokes and the setups and the direction and the acting is all kind of ABC, um, uh, you know, one-hour drama type stuff. And... Some people like it. The accent that the um, that Gardner woman is is using uh, is some people like it. Some people don't. Some people say it looks it sounds like Tommy Wiseau from The Room. And some people have said, "Wow, she's going to get an Emmy for uh, this great performance of this scandalous woman, Anna Delvey or whatever Delvey, Anna Delvey." who scammed a bunch of people out of money telling them she was a uh, heiress, a German heiress or something. And I, I, just didn't, I just don't like the movie. I don't think she's interesting. And then I, I watched a documentary, a real-life documentary on her, and it wasn't interesting either. Just a bunch of people saying, like, well, she took some money from us. She scammed us. Uh, we were all at a big, giant... Uh, party and and dinner and uh, I had to pay or like you know some lady saying well we partied all, all in Morocco for a while and I had to pay $62,000 uh, I don't care about people that want to party in Morocco if someone tells me hey do you want to get in a private jet and go to Morocco and we're going to like drink and do drugs and live uh, uh, some kind of high life I'm going to say no I don't want to go and I don't want you Miss Delvery I don't want you to pay for that and I don't want to pay for that. So I can't get that into the, the scandal. She's acting like she's an heiress that talks like Tommy Wiseau. 
she wants to be big. She wants to start a big club. Uh, the club sounds so nauseating. Oh, this is where it just takes things like art and music and dining and say, but it's all going to be the best. Oh, really? So all the other people that are involved in art, dining, and music right now are just blowing it, and then they need this lady to come and, and save them and tell them how it's done right, and uh, people lend her money because people are stupid. Uh, she's hanging around with the Fire Island guy, a Fire Festival guy, sorry. Uh, the Fire Festival guy, that scam artist, she's hanging around with him. And then the, my wife's been watching it. She's paying a lot more attention to it. And she is, it seems like every time she watches it, like two, three, four episodes go by, they're still back in the same dinner that someone paid $62,000 for on their credit card and she didn't pay them back. And it just keeps going on and on and on. They keep talking about that one thing. It sounds like a terrible case. Uh, it's, it's, um, so anyway. I'm just uh, not, I'm not buying it. But I do, I do tune in now and then when my wife's watching it too, just to see how bad it is. But you got to be careful because and my wife gets really mad when I tell her something's bad that she's watching. She hates that more than anything. So, you know, I just pick my battles. So as I said, we're going to take a break here. We'll talk a little bit more about... Um, uh, Hollywood, of course, that's what we do every Sunday from 5 to 7 at KEIB. I'm out in, on the road for the next couple of weeks shooting a, an untitled alien abduction project for Fox Nation, the network that uh, where my other show is on, Monsters Across America. So we're doing another one. This one hosted by the wonderful Abby Hornacek. So more details on that later. Right now we'll take a break and check the traffic. Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood. If by Hollywood you mean Burbank, it's the business end of show business every Sunday from 5 to 7 on KEIB 1150 on your AM dial. So if you have a, uh, a question, sometimes we do questions here. Best question, place to ask a question is on the Facebook page, Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood Facebook. And I'll get back to you. If you don't like Facebook, then I don't know. You'll figure out how to find me and how to send an email. Most people do. Go to the state bar, things like that. Yeah, I'm a licensed attorney. Do I practice? No. I make TV shows. What am I doing now? I'm making a TV show. Uh, so, yeah, we are uh, still on the road until March 18th, and we are stopping in different towns. Uh, the crew's about nine people, and we do interviews. Uh, we do. We have the host... Uh, going to sites, and then we come back, uh, we'll prepare for our recreations, and then we'll do our recreations. Where are we going to do these recreations? I do them in Utah. Utah, uh, I find it easier to do production in Utah. California is a mess for many reasons. I couldn't even afford the COVID protocols uh, that I would have to go through in California. So I don't shoot here. So I um, now the recreation is even more jobs that that uh, are involved in building sets, uh, costumes, and hair, makeup, actors, sound, lights, grips, all that stuff uh, being generated uh, in Utah. But, um, yeah. So, and the Utah people are nice, as you know. 
Uh, if you ever been there, beautiful state. I've never met a jerk from Utah, and uh, the working conditions are awesome. So if you're making a show, making a movie, always check it out. And it's not it's very close to California. So can't say enough about it. And I found monsters there. I've found aliens there. I mean, all the stories that I do in these paranormal series that I've been doing. And I haven't always written paranormal series. Like I, I was into true crime uh, at the beginning of my TV career of writing. Uh, I mean, I wrote a little TV a long time ago, and then I got too wrapped up in music, and I couldn't focus on it. And then I went back, and now I'm all over it. But uh, true crime and a lot of dramas I've written. None of my dramas I've got, like, you know, I've got sitcoms out there. I've got tons of scripts out there in development at very various levels, various places, various um, levels of not on the air is what they are. So, uh, but what's clicked for me has been when I got a job on Ancient Aliens uh, as a writer, and then it wasn't too long after that I was able to sell my own shows, and I'm sticking with my own genre. So if you were looking to... Uh, you know, make TV shows, you, you kind of, sooner or later, you're going to pick, you're going to end up as, as something, if you want to write in television, you might end up as the kids TV guy, toddlers, uh, young adults, you might end up as a guy who does um, uh, procedurals, uh, true crime, reality, shiny floor shows, you know, those like, uh, like Dancing with the Stars and American Idol, I love those, actually, but, um, when I, I got an opportunity at Ancient Aliens, and that's paranormal, and I'm that's where all my uh, my best opportunities have come, and it's been fun. So I got no complaints, even though it would be fun to you know I got movies too out there that are in development with with different companies. People are running around trying to pitch them, trying to sell them, or trying to you know get them made. But I just move on. You write something, you got to write tons of scripts before you get one made. And usually, but um, yeah, don't feel sorry for me. Okay, let's get back to the normal part of the show. You know what? This is kind of normal, but we used to talk a lot about Me Too stuff on this show. And then, you know, things just got, I guess, I don't know, COVID maybe ate up the Me Too stories. So there wasn't that many of them. Uh, there's always a couple, but uh, some, some popped up this week that are still kind of interesting and one of them is Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson, as you know, has been canceled. They told him he can't do anything anymore. So he is, um, what's he doing? Well, he's suing the girl that uh, Evan Rachel Wood. He's suing her for, for telling people that he abused her. Uh, we talked about this for a while, and, and maybe you know my opinion. My opinion is, if you date someone who, like, pretends he's Satan, and that's, like, interesting to him, then, you know, you gotta listen to your dad. Your dad says, don't date Marilyn Manson. I've said this before. If your dad says, date Marilyn Manson, you need a new dad. Uh, so listen to that voice inside your head. Should I date Marilyn Manson? What's he doing? Well, he's like, you know, it's kind of like a cross-dressing Satanist. Don't, don't date him. Want to go see his concert? Yeah, go ahead. Now, I've met the guy. He is charming. Super cool. Um, would I date him? No. No, no, no. I want something better for myself. Yes. So anyway, he is suing 
Evan Rachel Wood because he says she's making a documentary that you are going to see on HBO coming up very shortly, I think in the middle of this month, March 15th. You're going to have a documentary called Phoenix Rising on your HBO Max uh, app. And it's all about all these women coming together to say how horrible Marilyn Manson is. And, you know, how surprised they were. I don't know. They're going to talk about that. Why? I thought he was going to be a gentleman. And he went up our, you know, when he did his Satan thing, I thought, well, he's wonderful. Or I could fix him. I don't know what they were thinking. But they said he was an abuser. He says they made it up. And he says Evan Rachel Wood convinced a bunch of people to lie to be in the documentary. And he has proof. And he has proof they were faking documents, uh, saying they were from him, getting fake email addresses to try to stir up people. Uh, you know, you can get, this is a fun thing to do. I don't know uh, if you're a juvenile, but um, you, know, you make a fake email address, get a fake Gmail address, and then start harassing people. Um, he says that's what they're doing. They were tricking people uh, to get them to, to think that, that more was going on here and to make the documentary more interesting. So he's suing them for a, a lot of things, but one of them is like impersonating an FBI agent, maybe? Something like that? Uh, so if all this is true, maybe Evan Rachel Wood is in trouble. I don't know. Maybe they can make a documentary about her. Um, but uh, uh, some of the guys in my band used to uh, do have this little fun thing they would do. They would get a Gmail address uh, based on a... Um, a name that was similar to some guy that they um, that they used to know, and let's say he's a producer, or a band manager, like a band manager that like you know didn't go well. You know, they, they were managing the band for a while, and then you get let's say the guy's name is uh, is uh, Alan Smith. So he's Alan Smith Management. So you go get Alan Smith at Gmail dot com. And then you send an email to one of your bandmates, and you know, and it's better if this if no one has heard from this guy for like ten years, and then you, then he gets an email and says uh, from Alan dot Smith at gmail dot com and says or Alan Smith Management at gmail dot com make it even better, and then he says hey uh, I was going over some invoices here and it looks like you we still have like a um, thirty five dollars you owe for some for a dinner at the Acapulco restaurant on. Uh, La Cienega, so I was wondering if you could take care of that and then just watch the fireworks go. So, that's uh, <laughs> it's, it's just the worst. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I don't know. Maybe we'll take another break and you can uh, go get a Gmail account and then we come back. We're going to talk about some Disneyland stuff and uh, I, got some, I, I got a good one. There's a woman who uh, won't let her uh, kids go to Disneyland. Why? Um, because when you walk in the door, they take a picture of, of you. Right, we'll find out what's, what's the matter with her when we come back on Joe Escalante live from Hollywood. Escalante, live from Hollywood, by Hollywood and Burbank. Now, uh, the business end of show business continues. 
here. You Hollywood types, or you people that are just driving around listening to AM radio and don't want to listen to a vitamin commercial. Now. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a lady. This is embarrassing. Woman forbids child from visiting Disneyland due to photo policy. Okay, this is like Karen times a thousand. Um, When you go to Disneyland, uh, if you have a a pass, either a one-day pass or an annual pass, the first time you use it, they take your picture. So they know that if, so you can't hand it off to someone else for them to use because they have a lot of fraud issues at Disneyland. And why does Disneyland cost $160 to go inside? Um, Because they got a lot of fraud, one of the reasons. People steal from them. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. They take my picture. Keeps the prices down. Go ahead, take my picture. I don't know. I mean, I figure my picture is being taken all over the place. There's images of me, cameras all over. They can, you can zoom in on me, um, peeking my nose, and make a 8 by 10 of it, and make a t-shirt of it, and, and go to town. I don't know if you're going to sell any, but it's just, my picture's out there. Every time I walk out and I'm on a surveillance, that's a picture. They can be grabbed, they can be used. Um, so, the, never underestimate a Karen to just, just embarrass yourself. Um, and I use that term... Uh, knowing absolutely nothing about what it means. So she says she wrote uh, some uh, post on Redditor. And here it is. Theme park, especially Disneyland question. We have an issue with them taking our kids' picture upon entering the resort. I understand it is because they want to make sure it is the same person re-enters if and when you leave the park. But I am wondering if there's any other way around it. Know anyone who I can contact? My four-year-old really wants to go for her birthday, but we really feel this is an invasion of our privacy. Is there a theme park that doesn't have that policy? Oh, God. You know, um, first of all, most of the theme parks do have some kind of policy like that. But just listen, lady. Your kid wants to go to Disneyland, and you send that kid to Adventure City uh, because you're afraid of photographs, um, the kid's going to hate you. And, oh, well, why don't we um, at least acknowledge that once you get into Disneyland, they're taking your picture on every ride. And you know what happens then? Other people, like they're worried like, oh, someone's going to take my kid's picture and maybe they're going to sell it to some biometric, um, uh, you know, photo recognizer software. Oh, yeah, well, um, the, you know, by law, they would have to notify you of this. Okay, so um, you don't really have to worry about that. And every time you go on one of those roller coasters, they take your picture. And then someone who's in the same cart with you and your kid can buy that picture. So someone can actually buy a picture of your kid at all these rides. I remember once I bought, I rode uh, the roller coaster at Disney's California Adventure, and... Uh, 
Paris Hilton was sitting in the in the in the front seat, up a little further ahead of me. Uh, and so I go, "This is cool. We'll we'll go down and we'll get a, uh, you know, maybe I'll I'll buy the picture. I usually don't buy the picture. Maybe I'll buy this time. I got Paris Hilton sitting in my uh, train. They wouldn't make the picture go up. Like when you get down to where you look at the pictures, that they didn't have it. It was just black. So I didn't get to buy the picture of me and Paris Hilton. So uh, you're wondering, why didn't you just uh, ask her for a selfie, Joe? I just thought that was fun. That was fun, you know. Um, so anyway, your kid's picture's being taken all the time. So this lady doesn't want, she, she's not even going to let her kid go to Disneyland. Um, and what else is she torturing this kid with for her irrational uh, fears? Someone, Child Protective Services should come down and take a look at this woman. Uh, she wants to go to Disneyland. You're not going to let her go because they're taking your picture and you get there? Why is your kid more precious than the uh, 60 to 70,000 um, other people that are there that have their picture taken? What is, what is going on with these people? All right. I'm sick of ranting about her. Oh, my God. You want to, I, I, I do have a rant, though. It's not even my rant. I don't know if you've seen this. Go to my... Um, uh, if you go to my Facebook page, just my per- this is on my personal page. Don't friend me if you don't know me on my personal page because it gets clogged up. You know, if you have too many friending things, you, then your old uh, high school girlfriends can't find you because it's all full. You only can have so many people in your queue. So I got to delete them all. So just but am I, um, go to my radio Facebook page if you want to talk to me. But for now, go to my Facebook page and look at this speech by this guy who's the coach of like Mississippi State football. Does like a five-minute uh, uh, seminar on how cool cargo pants are. It's amazing. He should be the next president of the United States of America. Uh, it's worth seeing. Or just, or just Google. Cargo pants. Rant, I think is what they're calling it. You're welcome. All right, I'm going to bounce around a little bit. I'm sorry I forgot this other Me Too story. The Me Too story that I forgot is Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis, this one is like, I mean, who, who, we can't really cancel, I guess we could, we cancel dead people all the time, and they're all just erased from history, but did you think that Jerry Lewis was not a womanizer? Uh, I just assumed that's 100% womanizer, and uh, so, you know, we're going to go back in time and, and and cancel this guy again. This is a Vanity Fair article uh, about a woman named Karen Sharp who was in a movie uh, with Jerry Lewis called The Disorderly Orderly. The movie was being filmed in this big Beverly Hills mansion uh, that was so big it was large enough to look like a hospital um, with chandeliers, I guess. So Karen Sharp uh, reports to the office uh, with a wardrobe mistress standing by and begins modeling her costumes for Jerry Lewis. This, I got right to the meat of this one. You didn't have to listen to any of the fluff. Lewis requested various nips and tucks. When Sharp was down to her final costume, Lewis picked up a walkie-talkie and excused the guards outside his office. Then Lewis started his move in on me, recalled Sharp. He grabbed me, began to fondle me. He unzipped his pants. Quite frankly, I was dumbstruck. Sharp protested. I put my hand up and said, wait a minute. I don't know if this is a requirement for your other leading ladies, but it's something I don't do. I could see that he was furious. I got the feeling that never really happened to him. 
She tried politely to dismiss the assault without insulting the star. She even offered to quit, concerned that it would be awkward to film scenes as a romantic partner with him. But the contract had been signed, Lewis said. The costumes were made. And she did the movie, and she said, you know, it turned out good, but it would have been a lot better if he wasn't a lech. And I think, you know, this is horrible, of course, but I don't know, like, what are we supposed to... I mean, I just... What are we supposed to do about it? I figured that, you know, I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to do, but I'm, I hope she's... I uh, hope it wasn't too traumatic for her. Karen Sharp, beautiful actress. But that was the age of pervs, you know, back then. You get a bunch of power, and you start casting pervs. Kind of a, uh, a Woody Allen thing. I don't necessarily believe Woody Allen molested his kids, but he certainly perved out on every hot young actress, you know, that came along. It just seemed like if there was a, a hot actress, he would they'd be in his movie, you know, the next day. Let's go look at the young stars of his movies. Um, and they're 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 always there, you know. It gave me a little bit of the creeps, I have to say. If you are interested in Jerry Lewis like I am, uh, now, it, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., there's a podcast from the podcast series, You Must Remember This, with Karina Longworth. Uh, I would listen to that. It's several parts, seven parts, maybe eight parts. Really good. Uh, no commercials in it. You must remember this, and it's the Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. one. Really good. And there's a lot of Jerry Lewis stuff in it. But, yeah, I just figured he's a perv. You know who else is a perv? Sammy Davis Jr. Dean Martin, not so much of a perv and not so much of a drunk as you would think, and very responsible, uh, died wealthy. Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood. Let's take a break. Joe Escalante, live from Hollywood. By Hollywood, you mean Burbank. We are coming to you from Las Vegas uh, this week. And I'm out here filming the Untitled Alien Abduction Project for Fox Nation. And uh, more, more about that later. You know, just getting the material. And eventually it'll become a TV show. I, I'm the show. I'm the showrunner. And the director and I write these episodes, and our uh, lovely host is a woman named Abby Hornacek. Uh, very talented. Um, speaking of talents, about Courtney Cox. You like her? This is a weird story. Courtney Cox, well, the headline is, she had to sell her house because it was too haunted. Think of that. Um, first of all, there's a couple problems with this story. If you... It's too haunted. Did you disclose that to the to the people, or did you just just dump it on them? And if you did, why did you? Why didn't you just dump it on them? <laughs> I don't know what the best thing to do with that is. But uh, sometimes you have to disclose stuff like that if it's been a problem. But anyway, she sold the house. House used to belong to Carol King, the singer, and Carol King told her 
that there was some haunting going on. She didn't believe it at first. It was also owned a long time ago by Gypsy Rose Lee. And she's a famous burlesque, burlesque star. I don't know any burlesque dancers that can afford a house in California, let alone uh, Hollywood or Beverly Hills or wherever this house was. But good for her. Now, I mean, I guess Gypsy Rose Lee was also an actress because she was in these movies and stuff. But uh, so she, to, she had to get like, she had to figure it out. Um, the, um, and she's, she, she even went so far as to have seances. I guess Carol King maybe helped her with these seances. But I, to me, if your house is haunted, you don't have a seance. If there's a dark presence in your house, you don't like go Ouija boarding uh, willy-nilly and trying to solve it yourself. You get yourself an exorcist. You get yourself a Catholic exorcist. You can get yourself a Protestant exorcist, but you get yourself an exorcist and you don't make a game out of it and start fooling around with tarot cards and crystal balls and stuff like that. Uh, you're flirting with disaster. There you go. But what do I know? Well, I think I know a few things about that. So, yeah. There's some tiny news. <laughs> Disneyland, they've uh, uh, there's a big scandal because they've uh, added a beard to the uh, groundskeeper in the in the graveyard. So if you've been to the haunted mansion lately, you might have noticed that guy has a beard now, and nobody knows why. Over at William Morris Endeavor, they got a problem. William Morris Agency, you know, one of the oldest, probably the oldest agency still in existence, and they merged with Endeavor. And now it's called William Morris Endeavor, WME. And they wanted to go public because they own this, uh, you know, they own like things like wrestling and they own production companies. And, you know, they've got the agency that generates money. They wanted to do an IPO to go public. And, and uh, it was a novel idea uh, spearheaded by Ari Emanuel. And then it got botched. And they had to start over. And then the COVID came or whatever. And that, that brought their business to a halt. Then, uh, then they resurrected it. And some guy um, <clears throat> says that they stole his idea for the, the IPO. And they used all of his ideas and his concepts. And they didn't give him any money. And they didn't give him any recognition. And now he's suing him. So the idea with the IPO was they had so many companies uh, that just didn't fit. It just didn't, it didn't seem like, it just wasn't working, uh, according to this article. It wasn't working. They have this, you know, production company. They got wrestling. They got the talent part, uh, some consulting stuff. But um, these, this guy created a way to frame this business model as something that was valuable, that the sum... Uh, it was greater than the sum of its parts, and each of the parts helped the others to um, to excel rather than a hodgepodge of unrelated businesses. Yeah, UFC is one of the um, companies they own, an art fair company, uh, a professional bull rider league. Uh, so, and they got a bunch of debt. So he he comes up with this blueprint for resurrecting the IPO, going public, and making a bunch of money. And they did, and the pub, and they, they did get that IPO off, and they made some money. Uh, and he said, "Okay, well, where's my share of it?" But it turns out, you know, why wouldn't they pay him? I don't know. 
Maybe they didn't use his ideas, but he um, thinks they did. Um, now, how did they? He's, how did they get the ideas? This guy's um, what's his name? <clears throat> he uh, David Card is his name. C A R D E. He had his lawyer email Ari Emanuel his blueprint. So it's not like he had a meeting and Ari Emanuel said, come on down, I need your help, tell me what to do. And then he wrote it all down and then Ari stole his ideas. This guy says he emailed it to Ari, but how, how do we know? Uh, how, I mean, we can find out that an email went out. How do we know Ari read it? I mean, does Ari read? I mean, did he guess? His it was sent through the lawyer. Uh, did he did he guess his email? Did he know the guy? Did he have a relationship with them? Did they follow up and say, "Hey, did you get my uh, client's email?" Um, that's unclear, but it looks like he just emailed it without unsolicited. And they're they're suing, saying, you know, if you uh, solicit something, uh, if you if you send something, it's if and it's represented by 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 somebody, then they can't steal it. Um, now, I think uh, it says on. William Morris's website, don't send us unsolicited material. Don't do it. Because <clears throat> he, he's saying, you took my, uh, my intellectual property. This is me. This is mine. I created this. It's very clever. And you stole it, and you used it, and I want to be paid. They say, don't send us stuff unsolicited. But they don't say, don't email Ari Emanuel um, business tips. And this necessarily wouldn't be a copyright thing, I don't think. Um, it's just a list of instructions. It's not creative. Uh, but it is something that there is an implied um, contractual arrangement. If you uh, give something something and they use it and they exploit it and they make money off it, there's an implied contract that you will be cut in on that. But I don't see a contract here at all if you just send an email to people and say, here's a blueprint for getting out of uh, the jam you're in. Because it might have been so obvious that someone already had said, hey, I think this is what we should do. So it, it seems like a, um, it doesn't seem like a winner, but we'll see what happens. A couple other lawsuits. Morris Day is saying that the Prince estate, uh, I guess Morris Day worked with Prince and was in the band, one of the members. Uh, he's saying that the, the, the Morris Day is saying the Prince estate is saying he cannot work under the name Morris Day anymore. And that's their intellectual property, not his. Seems onerous, but evidently he did sign an agreement that said uh, he would not perform, that, that the Prince company, a company owned by Prince, owned the intellectual property rights of that name, and they controlled who would perform under that name. And, you know, that's possible. could be a valid agreement. And, uh, but it does say they're willing to negotiate something. So I, it seems like they just want to, if Morris Day is going to perform as a uh, Morris Day, uh, they want to be paid because evidently they feel they created that persona or they owned it and they're still owed something. And if you want to go out and do it, you got to check with us. And so it's not really, it, it, it might be a little more than someone saying, I don't want you to ever use that name again. You can't, you can't. It's more like, hey, that's part of the Prince world and you're going to have to share whatever there are going to be some royalties that would come our way. Make sense? All right. Okay, anyway, uh, that's the end of this segment. But there's always another one, right? We do this every week. And you're now going to hear just a taste of the greatest song ever written. And we'll come back. We always do.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.